The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Season 2 of Students of Mind, the podcast where we aim to normalize conversations about mental health. Last season, we connected you with experts in the field of mental health to provide an understanding of topics and illnesses that may not have been easily accessible. This season, we will continue our learning journey together by not only speaking to experts, but also by listening to the voices and stories of real people who are living, surviving, and even thriving while also facing challenges with their mental health in their everyday life. This season, we want to hear your stories to get the full truth of what it's like to manage one's mental health and navigate living with mental illness. My name is Jade, and today we have a bonus episode featuring some of the conversation from the episode on Black women's body image in predominantly white spaces. In this short conversation, we talked about what it was like as Black middle schoolers to start interacting with boys and getting into romantic relationships. We also talked about the experience of being a girl who was starting to physically develop into a woman and the anxieties and pressures that come with that. I hope by listening to the show, you're able to learn something new and gain some encouragement through hearing our experts and listening to the journeys of our guests. However, this show is not a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have about your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Students of Mind podcast. Today's episode features Wanjiko and Jordan, who were in the episode called Navigating Body Image and Mental Health as a Black Woman in Predominantly White Spaces. What you will hear today is a portion of the conversation that was not in the episode, where we talk about the dynamic of dating as a Black girl while attending predominantly white institutions and the challenges, fears, and anxieties that arise as young girls begin physically developing into women. Uh, okay, so I just mentioned um, being in, me and Juanjika had a friend group that was predominantly white. 
in middle school, they dated, or most people, including the black girls in our friend group, dated. Um, but I didn't, and I and I think that kind of made me feel ostracized. And and there's just a, a sense that none of the guys at the schools that we would like interact to wanted to um, look at me, have anything to do with me. And then, sorry, Jordan, what were you <laughs> saying? So personally, I didn't date in high school. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that part of it was because subconsciously I was like, there's nothing for me over there. Like, there's nothing for me over there. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing over there. And um, that was very, like, true. Like, that continued into high school. I felt like a mm-hmm. lot of the the Black guys didn't want to date the Black girls. They all wanted to date the white girls at, at Bergmar. And that's echoes in the world, if you it kind of. Like, it, it, we're not, sadly, like, I, I love us, but like, you yeah. know, like black men don't always reach for black women and mm-hmm. in a predominantly white school when there's so many other options, you definitely, like, you're, they're not going to. And it's so, I, I've seen all, I hate to say this, but I've seen all these TikToks that kind of unwrap it. And it's because media, like black guys are shown like from a young age that whiteness is the standard of beauty. And like, even yeah. now, like, I was sitting watching Victorious with my like roommate just now and it's just like there's not one black girl like what the heck like you know and on any show we're always like the little awkward best friend or like you know like yeah sadly like of course they're not gonna think that young black women are attractive because they don't see young black women anywhere yeah and shown in a positive light so subconsciously of course you're not going to you know Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that definitely continued into high school. And now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably why I didn't date is because yeah. I didn't feel like there was an opportunity for me to date at that school. And I think for the black girls that did date, and I think Wanjuko, you can speak to this. <laughs> Barely. Can you can you just talk <laughs> about because I know you and and then the other uh, Malia. Yeah. Um y'all dated in middle school and I just wondered because I was gonna say like there's maybe there's like a a certain type of black girl that people that the boys uh catered or like wanted to date because they resembled like the white girls but like that wasn't really the case like y'all look completely different um yeah, I don't know. I just wonder, like, what your experience was with that. Um, I would totally agree. Did not feel de- desired whatsoever. Um, 90% of, especially dances. Dances were the ones that made me really be like, oh, these white guys don't want me. <laughs> Even the black guys, these, actually, what happened the most to me is I developed a little faster And instead of feeling like I was beautiful, very quickly, I felt like I was being sexualized. Mm. And there was one group chat that I remember getting a screenshot. There was something I posted before, somebody posted before a J-dance. And then there was a screenshot that that somebody was talking about my body in it. And I was like, what? But same people who are like, they're not into black girls. Like, they're just looking for the blonde-haired Becky. Um, I did not feel desired. I guess I did date. I don't know how that happened. Like, genuinely, truly, um, 
it happened. We were dating for two months. It was a interesting experience, I would say, in the least. Um, but I wouldn't say that was a real relationship whatsoever. I don't think I consider any of that real in middle school. Yeah. No offense. I don't consider anything real anymore. <laughs> now that I'm older, like not not even I'm not even that old, but now that I'm 20, I look back at literally everything and I'm like, what? Like none of that matters. Right. Like <laughs> Yeah. It's funny like how how mature we felt we were <laughs> when we were like especially in middle school um <laughs> so yeah it's just funny um and i think it's interesting when you talk about how your body was sexualized i remember that um because you and malia both your bodies were sexualized by the boys and not just even at that school at all of the private schools um, because of, you know, the mixers that we had. And I think just the nature of those mixers too, any girl who had any semblance of a mature body was sexualized by the guys there, which is another, a whole other topic. But yeah, that's just, I was just, that's interesting to kind of see. Like we all, three of us had different experiences with that. I went to maybe one mixer not by choice my mom did not let me go <laughs> but now like looking back I kind of like resented that I was like I kind of wish that I was like able to go but now like looking back at myself like I was not mature enough like to go and to be a part of that like at all can I say something that okay this is kind of off of course topic. no but I feel like when I like started to develop um I kind of hated myself because I felt like for so long my identity was that I looked young and that Mm. was like my self-identity I was like oh my gosh I'm Jordan Jones I look young like and that's how I look like and so when I stopped like that stopped and I like got boobs or whatever like I kind of had like a identity crisis and I tried to and I feel like I look back at all these like pictures of myself and I look awful but at the time I was like okay like I want to look young but I I, like, I look terrible it's just like funny looking back at that like now because I wasn't happy but I thought mm. that everyone around me was happy because like that's how everyone like wanted me to look like family and such like that's how mm. everyone like wanted me to look I feel like that's mm-hmm. so like off topic but just like growing up as a girl like this want and this need to like stay looking young like as long yeah. as possible and like the day that you get boobs the day that you get a butt the day that you get thighs is like the day that your life is going to change like you know and yeah. I just I felt that like constant pressure like all of the time that oh I don't want to grow up like I don't want to look different like I don't know that's kind yeah. of off topic but I just felt like that all the time yeah, no, I mean, like, for me, the, the like, the underlying stuff that that relates to for me is, like, feeling like if I grow, I'll be noticed more. And the fear mm. of being noticed, especially by, like, men, because that was scary. So, like, I felt like if I could stay, like, small and, and young looking, I wouldn't be noticed as much. Um, and, like, it was, like, a, really a form of safety, to be able to like continue to look that way and then when you got older and you can't help it it's like you feel like exposed that's so true I never thought about like that 
Yeah, I, I think that's something that like a, a lot of people deal with is just like a desire to like stay in a more juvenile body just because they feel like they'll be less targeted. So um, I never thought about that. That's so yeah. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something like when I also when I got older and developed the eating disorder, that's something that came up for me too of like part of it. Yeah, was like my wanting to be like smaller because I thought my head thought that looked better, but also wanting to be smaller so I could be seen less and feeling like I took up too much space or just too much energy in people's lives and wanting to like shrink myself as small as possible. So I would be less of a burden or less of wow. like an annoyance in, in the lives around me. Um, so yeah, I think that's not random at all. <laughs> I think that that's like a theme that I've heard in, in a lot of people. Yeah, that was like a really big issue for me for a really long time. Like I would pull up to Bryn Mawr wearing five bras. I wish I was kidding. Like I wish I, I wish that I was being dramatic right now, but no, like I hated myself that much. Like I hated the fact that I had boobs that much. Yeah. And then I was afraid to go bra shopping I was like, okay, like that's a sign of me growing up. Like I don't want to grow up. So I'm just going to like wear these training bras, but I'm going to wear seven of them because that somehow makes It cancels <laughs> like, it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like just like the stuff that I like that. Just like, and now I'm like, when I talk to my friends and like even like sitting here talking to you all, because I was an only child, I felt like it was just me that was like thinking these things. But now that I'm like talking to other like black women, it's just so comforting to know that it's not just you because yeah, you can talk to your mom about stuff, but there are some stuff, thoughts that you don't even want to bring up to your mom. Yeah. Cause you're like, I don't want her to see me differently. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, she won't, but you're afraid she will. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm older, it's really nice talking to other like girls and hearing that like that's, it wasn't like just me like feeling that way. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this short bonus episode of Students of Mind. I really wanted to share this portion of the conversation with you, even though I wasn't able to include it in the original episode a few weeks ago. I think what we talked about is the experience of so many young girls, so I hope this brings a sense of community and a feeling of being less alone if you are able to connect with what we talked about today. I want to say thank you again to Jordan and Wanjiko for sitting down with me to have this conversation and also for being so open and sharing some really vulnerable experiences for you all to hear. As always, our guests and the Students of Mind team's social media links will be listed in the description below. Thank you so much again for listening. I hope you learned something new or connected with something that was said today and I'll see you next time. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.